You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. This will, these next couple of weeks will be the most interesting within this study. Uh, not to say that the rests aren't going to be good, and so when we finish this portion, you don't need to come anymore because they're still going to be good. But for me, what I've realized in the study of where we're going tonight, where we're starting to go, because there is a lot of information, and I'm really going to, I was talking to Roland about this. He came into my office um, just a minute ago, and he saw all of the notes that I have on my desk, a massive amount of notes. And just told him, if, if I don't write these things down, they're gone. Because I have so much coming in in my mind all the time. And, and the Lord is talking about stuff all the time. And if I don't write it down right then, I can't tell you how many sermons have just left. Because I didn't write them down. And that's my job to steward. And the Lord knows that. And so sometimes he's like, I'll bring it back later. But uh, if you are ignoring me, then that's on you. Um, but so all that to say, I have, I have about... 15 pages so far of notes on this topic. And so I'm going to try to keep it uh, specific to just what we're doing and talking about tonight and try to keep my mind from spiraling out of control because this is a big, big topic. We are talking about the gift of healing. Um, The gifts, as it says in Scripture, and we'll read that in 1 Corinthians 12, the gifts of healing. It's plural. So we'll, we'll talk about that. And, and tonight, all we're going to, the real point of this evening is to give us a foundation and how we're going to get a foundation. We're going to talk about healing a little bit. What we're mainly going to talk about is our misunderstanding of it first. Get that out of the way. Lay a clean foundation, a simple foundation that we can then build on in the weeks to come. Sound good? Uh, so let's pray and then we'll get going. Lord, we just love you and we thank you. Uh, for your revelation, for your word. Lord, we thank you that just uh, every time we open these pages, we could read the same passages over and over and over again. But if we are reading this scripture, allowing you to interpret these things to us, you will bring us new revelation every single time we read these words. And so we just thank you for that truth tonight. We thank you for the evidence of it. Lord, we thank you for bringing this series to our hearts and leading us here that we could discover these things. Father God, I believe that we are discovering these truths about the gifts of the Spirit, that we could uh, be prepared for you to release them upon us. Lord, I believe that you desire deep in your heart the manifestation of miracles in Sundown, Texas, the manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit. You desire those to be released and widespread all over this community. But first, Lord, you need a people that are willing to steward and educate ourselves by the leading of your Holy Spirit on what these gifts are and how they are to be used. Father God, that we could operate in them correctly and be aligned with your heart in the entirety uh, of these manifestations. Lord, we we want to to steward this well. We want to operate in your will and no other will. We want to do as you've called us to do. We want to be who you've called us to be and nothing else and nothing more. Uh, Lord, we love you. We thank you. Pray that you would just be with us that that you would allow our minds to receive the words that you would have each and every one of us to receive, Father God. And I pray that the study would not stop here, 
But Lord, that we would hear what you have to say this evening, and then we would all go and dive into these things deeper, that we could learn about these gifts together, and we could go into deeper depths um, as you lead us one-on-one in the study of these things. We love you, we thank you, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So first, the disclaimer. Uh, that we that I have said, and I will I will do this every time we start one of these teachings. But all uh, a fact of all the gifts of the Spirit, Jesus, Father, Holy Spirit, they are the source. Them alone, the Holy Spirit is the source. They're called the gifts of the Spirit, not the gifts of the people of God, not the gifts of the sons and daughters, not the gifts of the Father. The gifts of the Spirit. Therefore. It is absolutely impossible to operate in these giftings without the Holy Spirit. You cannot dismiss the Holy Spirit from your life and expect these things to be manifested in your story. It is impossible without the Holy Spirit because He is the gatekeeper. He is the, he is the authority. He is the seal of authenticity on the gifts. The display of the gifts will always look like the heart of the Father. They will always reflect His nature. If you find them not reflecting the nature of God, there's two things that have happened. One, you don't know the nature of God. Or two, this is a false prophet before you. And that's the kind of scary thing. Because in the consumer culture that we live in, and in the culture that people are desperately trying to get others in the door, to come to church, we have made sacrifices within ourselves and within our hearts to try to put on a show that will attract people to come. And in doing that, we have created and we have stepped into being false prophets that preach demonic doctrine. Because that, there's one or two camps. You're either operating in the will of God or you are directly operating against the will of God. And if you're operating against the will of God, you are in the demonic camp. We've got to get over this uh, harshness. We don't like talking about how harsh the reality is, but the reality is harsh. If you're not for him, you are absolutely against him, period. So just get over that real quick. People are too sensitive and be like, that hurt my feelings. I don't care. We've got to understand the reality of this. People have been too soft when it comes to this fact. That you, you, you don't get to ride the fence. You don't get to have a foot in both sides. You don't get to operate in the will of God, uh, but also operate within yourself and hope that God's blessing will come to you. That's not how that works. You're for him or you're against him. Okay, people need to understand that, especially when it comes to the gifts. If you are not operating in the will of God, you will not see the gifts made manifest. No gifts of the Spirit are meant to elevate any one person, but instead the body of Christ of Christ as a whole. If you see a manifestation of the gifts that are only elevating self and not elevating the entirety of the church, you are witnessing a false prophet who is preaching demonic doctrine. That's what the Lord says. Even if you take scripture out of context, it becomes demonic doctrine. Right? So, that's serious and we need to we need to understand this. I've had too many conversations this week. Um of, of people just, uh, unfortunately, just riding the fence and thinking that, that's, that everything that they're praying for for the Lord to do is going to happen while they exist outside the will of God. Like that's, that does, that's not how that works. My kids are not safe when they're outside the backyard. They're safe and they have true freedom that they're meant for when they exist within the backyard, right? Does that make sense, everybody with me there? 
It's a little harsh, but it is, it is very serious. And we need to understand this, especially when we're talking about the gift of healing, because this one has been the most misunderstood, in my opinion, within the church, especially in the last 30 years. Um, the gift of faith, this is what we talked about last week, and this will be important to remember. We'll probably do another review of this uh, before we talk about next week's lesson as well, because faith has a lot to do with healing. But the gift of faith and what we spoke about it last week. Faith, as we can see in Hebrews 11, if you haven't read Hebrews 11, it is all about faith, so go read it. Faith in Hebrews 11 is given credit for every action that we see throughout Scripture. Significant figures in Scripture, um, Abraham, Moses, Isaac, Jacob, uh, David, everything, Jesus, significant figures throughout Scripture that progress the faith, progress the kingdom of God, and we are here because of what they stepped into. And it says that it was all by faith that they stepped into these things that the Lord called them into. They walk in what the Lord laid before them by faith. So action is given life by faith. You cannot operate in obedience to the Lord without first having faith. What does James say? Show me your faith without works. And I will show you my faith by my works. Because those two go together. You will not operate in obedience if you have no faith. Plain and simple. You will not operate in obedience if you do not have faith. Verse 6 of Hebrews 11 also tells us that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Impossible to know God. Uh, Faith is a gift. We read about this in Ephesians 2. It is a gift of faith. And faith, faith, as we read in Ephesians 2, is born through encounter. The very first moment of salvation, the Lord presents us this gift of grace, mercy, and faith. The moment of encounter. But we get away, and we, we, it's not that we get away from it. We just don't teach how faith increases in your life. We have taught, for the most part, that faith increases when the circumstance requires greater faith than you already have. That is not true. Faith increases through encounter as it did from the very first moment of salvation. As you spend time and experience the presence of God and experience Him move in your life, your faith will increase. If if I have if I have faith, a little bit of faith, and I have enough faith to believe that he's, he can do a miracle, I believe that he can do a miracle. I've, I've, I've been with him. I've encountered him. I believe it. And then when I see him do a miracle, what is that going to do to my faith? It's going to increase it even more, not because of the miracle, but because I've encountered him being exactly who he said he was. That's what increases faith. When you encounter him being exactly who he, said he's what he, who he said he was, that's why through relationship, personal relationship, your faith will increase. Because what are you doing when you spend time with somebody? You're getting to know their heart, who they truly are. When you spend time with people and you get to know who they are and who their heart, what their heart is, when they say something, you can look at what you know about their heart and see if that's true and genuine with their nature. right? So if I spend time with the Lord and he says he is love, And I've experienced that love in the time that I've spent with him. My faith increases because he's exactly who he said he was. That's how faith increases. It is a gift. And it grows through relationship and experiencing God being who he said he was. Faith cannot be created any other way. He gives it and only his presence increases it. 
And faith, again, is a fruit of relationship. And as faith increases, so will other giftings in your story. Our ability to step deeper into his calling on our lives will always be tied to your faith. It will always be tied to your faith. Profound breakthrough. We talked about this word breakthrough, but when you, when you look at that word of breakthrough, what is it implying? You're breaking through something, right? Something that's not meant to be broken through, like a wall, like a barrier. You are breaking through that which was meant to keep you back. But if I say, run at that wall head first as hard as you can, how many of us are going to slow down before we get to it? Because we don't have the faith that I have the ability to run through it. So breakthrough only happens where there is great faith to feed it. That is the only way it happens. It, breakthrough comes to places that exist with great faith. Wherever a people of great faith dwell... Those places see the kingdom in a degree not yet seen in those places. We've seen this. We've seen this in the last year. The Asbury Revival that has sparked this awakening within our nation. And people have said it's over. It's not over. It's just, it's transformed from this intense meeting into this widespread individual encounter with Jesus. There are so many people right now turning to Jesus. It is profound. I, you, can't, you can't listen to an interview from an athlete, uh, actors, uh, different social media people, all these things. And all of these people are starting to realize the importance of Jesus. And they are turning to him. There is, the world would like to tell you that there is no great awakening taking place, but there is absolutely a great awakening taking place. We have five-year-olds that are professing the name of Jesus. There is a great awakening taking place. Absolutely. Uh, there, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Uh, but great faith. Great faith will always lead to great breakthrough. And tonight, the gift of healing. We'll start in 1 Corinthians 12, like we do every week, just reading this, uh, these first few verses, specifically talking about as it introduces uh, the gifts that we're speaking about this, uh, this evening. Uh, chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians, verse 9. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. And to another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, uh, ability to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, interpretation of tongues. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. Again, like I said, this will be a two-part series. There is so much more to this than I previously knew. I, I am telling you, I am learning more about this than I have ever learned in my entire life. And I'm still learning. Uh, like I said at the very beginning, there is so much information on this. So much new revelation and knowledge that I had just been... I, it's, been it's not really been taught in my life very much, very heavily in the places that I've been. Um, it was taught more here, but not as much. Um, not because we didn't believe in it. It just wasn't what the Lord brought us to. It just wasn't the time to talk about it. Now is. Um, so there's, and again, like I said, there's so much tied to faith that we will begin to unpack next week. 
So just be ready. There's a lot of information. If you take notes, this is going to be a good one to take notes on. Um, but first, we read in 1 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10, as we just did, the gifts of healing and the gift of miracles. Okay? That's what it says. And so many of us have never taken the time, myself included, to think of what this means. We just read through it. But for the first time, I read it, and I saw that healing and miracles were separate. Anybody ever catch that? They're, they're separated. They're two different gifts. It, it, that right there blew my mind as I recognized that comma, and it talked about a whole other gift. I didn't understand. Okay, so what's the very natural question that comes after that? What's the difference? Because how have we always understood healing and miracles? It's just the same thing, right? Well, it's just... <laughs> if it's heaven calling, give me the phone. I'll put him on speaker. Uh, but so many of us, including myself, have never taken the time to see what this means. So what is the difference? Uh, and I, have done, I did extensive study on, these, on this right here, just this simple definition. I, I spent a week researching this to just make sure this wasn't somebody's opinion, but this is the facts. A miracle is an instantaneous work of God. Would anyone disagree with that? It is an immediate result. So... Can somebody be healed immediately? Yes. Yes. You can be healed immediately, but the gifts of healing, this implies and includes process. The Lord wants you to join with him in the work that he wants to do in you. So the gifts of healing is speaking to a process so you can have, so miracle overlaps healings, right? Because you can have a physical miracle, right? And oftentimes, that's all we think of when we think of a miracle, right? We immediately go to a physical manifestation of a miracle. We saw Jesus do it a lot, so it's kind of natural and kind of easy to get there. It's, it's tangible. But what have we been recently seeing? Going back to the revivals, what were the miracles that were taking place? It was the deliverance of anxiety and depression of, of, of the mind, a miracle on the mind. That's also healing, right? But the gifts of healing implies and includes a process. The process includes this. It, in, it encompasses so much more. It's so much bigger than just an instantaneous miracle, uh, which is profound and amazing and mind boggling. And we can't define it. So I'm not saying that miracles are less than by any means, but there's just more to healing than we've previously given uh, credit to. Uh, the process includes body, soul, and spirit. It includes all that you are, not just a a small part of what you're dealing with, it includes it and in, in, it includes your life in its entirety. He wants us fully engaged with Him. Also, healing, the healing process may include more than physical ailments. It can be physical, but if you're in process, what are we probably looking at? More than just the physical. 
And the Lord will always, always, and he will prioritize this, seek to heal the heart. If a miracle, an instantaneous miracle, is going to be what heals your heart the fastest, that's what he'll do. But if a process is what you need, that's where he'll take you. How many of us have been on a journey of process with the Lord? How many of us have wished that he was a vending machine and I could just learn the lesson and be over with it? Every single one of us, right? But that, that, being in process with God is a gift, a manifestation of the gifts of healing. We every day are in process with the Lord, molding us, shaping us to his image, restoring us and reconciling, to, uh, reconciling us to himself. Every single day, we're a part of that process. So every single day, we are experiencing a manifestation of the gifts of healing. It says gifts because there's more than one way to do it. There's more than one type of it. It encompasses so much more than just a physical manifestation, okay? Um, and it's, that's just, for me, that's so profound. A miracle, again, it can include healing, but it is without process, it includes healing. It can include healing, but it is without process. I've shared this before. I've shared with you financial miracles, right? How many times has this church experienced the financial miracle? I think that's probably what we experience more than anything is a financial miracle. Not having the means and then all of a sudden the next day we've got the means. It's tangible. Right. That's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. Uh, the gifts of healing is not always a, a, a thing you can grab like money or uh, but we've also had, we've had people in here that can tell you they've laid hands and prayed and see, seen a dude without an eye. Couldn't even believe this. But this is that this I, too many people were like, no, that's what happened. Uh, one of them was like, I my body didn't know how to handle it. I almost became ill because it was just like, like a, such a degree of shock. But a man had an empty eye socket. And they prayed and they watched an eye grow in his eye. It was in uh, the Coliseum where they held the Olympics. Last time it was in the United States. Is that in L.A.? Lou Giglio had a massive conference there several years ago. Uh, we had members of this church that were there. And in the line to get in, they had a man that was lame walk. And then the throughout the day, or throughout that conference, prayed over a dude's eye and he grew back. And they, they physically witnessed it. We've had people in here that work in hospitals, work at UMC, dead kid on the table, laid hands and began to pray, kid rose from the dead. These are things that have happened. We have testimony of this. Those are miracles, instantaneous results. And so, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but the real issue, and I'll probably end up repeating some of this, but we'll be okay. The real issue with Christians today is that because we've misunderstood healing, we have now misunderstood the nature of God. Because oftentimes when we pray for healing and it doesn't happen immediately, what do we think? The Lord's not answering it for some reason. Do you know that to be in his nature? Does he delay to save his children? He who sent his only son 
to become sin, he who knew no sin, that we may become the righteousness of him, that we would be co-heirs with Christ. What kingdom says no to an heir to the throne? When Jesus was baptized, did he get part of the kingdom made available to him or its entirety? He got all of it. All of heaven was made open to him. And the seal of authenticity of that action, the Holy Spirit descended upon him. The Holy Spirit, when we receive the Holy Spirit descending upon us, and we're off the rails, so we're just going to go. When the Holy Spirit descends upon us, when we receive the Holy Spirit, you have been stamped. And that stamp says this person has access to the kingdom. All of heaven has been made available to them because they bear the authority of heaven, the Holy Spirit, right? But because we've misunderstood healing, we've now misunderstood theology and the nature of God and his heart. Okay, so we're going to talk about that more in just a second, but let's keep building a little bit. Healing, again, is a miracle in process. So why the process? Well, let's just look at the nature of God. We know there are measures of his presence in places that we find ourselves in. We know that he goes before us. He establishes goodness in the days ahead of us. So what does that mean? There is a measure of the goodness of God for me today that I've yet to experience. Because I'll never see this day again. This is one of a kind. It will never repeat for all of history For all of mankind, for all of time, this day is the only one like it is right now. And the Lord has established himself for me in it before I got to it. And we know that when we go through difficult things and we're in the valley, where do we find him? Right there in the valley with us. But we have have families in in this house that have experienced tremendous loss. And they will tell you and they can articulate a measure of the presence of God that we cannot articulate because we've not experienced that loss but they found God there right and so there are measures of his presence that are waiting for us in the places that we will go and there are also uh, uh, there are also some things that can only be learned changed transformed and discovered in the process if it's instantaneous I don't learn it I don't understand it, right? It's, that's, the Lord responds. He does not react. There's thought in everything he does because he is setting you up for success and he wants all of you forever. He doesn't want a part of you temporarily, right? So there are, there are things that can only be learned, changed, transformed, discovered in the process, So why have we gotten this understanding wrong for so long? Myself included. Wrong for so long. Because we have prophecy of healings that have yet to take place in this house, haven't we? John, souls, is supposed to walk out of that chair. We've been told that for years. We haven't seen it yet. Is the Lord waiting on our understanding to be correct before he can move? I don't know. But it's important that we know and steward this information now. So why, again, have we 
gotten this understanding wrong for so long? Well, unfortunately, we as human beings, when things get shaky, where do we turn most often? We talked about this Sunday. We talked about it last Wednesday. Where do we turn? We turn inward. So we form theology about the nature of God internally. Instead of allowing the Holy Spirit to reveal it to us, we form theology around what didn't happen. There are books. There are people that have dedicated their lives to talking about why a miracle hasn't taken place. What you need to do to see miracles. These 12 easy steps. Why, why the healing hasn't happened. I've seen, this, is, this has been seen in movies. Bad things happen to people. What do, what's like the stereotypical answer that they get from a, from a southern pastor? Have you repented? This is a result of your sin. Right? That your kid has cancer. It's a result of your sin. Have you repented? Where did that theology come from? That came from a question that we didn't allow the Holy Spirit to answer. We turned internal and we defined it. And now we have a theology that we're teaching to churches, to thousands of people. And that's what now they think, that's who they think God is. He's a God who punishes. Where in the New Testament do you find a God who punishes? Grace and mercy. Jesus came to reconcile who back to God? The world. And John 3.16, that we love to talk about every kid. It's like the first verse we teach everybody. But for some reason, we hadn't learned it. It's probably the first verse you ever memorize if you grew up in church. And for some reason, and that's the truth about a lot of Christians. But for some reason, we don't pay attention to it. For God so loved the what? The world. Everyone. Not just the good ones. Not just the ones that live in a certain demographic. That's not it. He loves the Muslims, the Buddhists, Asian, white, purple, gray, don't matter. He loves the world. All that have been and all that will ever be. For God so loved the world. But because we don't allow the Holy Spirit to reveal things to us, we kicked him out, and so you're interpreting Scripture within yourself. If you dismiss the Holy Spirit and you begin to read this Word, it becomes whatever you want it to be. That's why we have so many different denominations, in my opinion. Because it became convenient to a previous thought that I created within myself, without the Holy Spirit. And so when we dismiss the Holy Spirit, these are the kind of things that happen. We form a theology around what didn't happen instead of what did happen. Jesus defines ministry. This is important. Jesus always defines ministry by what we cannot do. Okay? Let's just, he, he, he proves this. In John 5, uh, we know this scripture. John 5, 19 through 20. And Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of His own accord, but only what He sees the Father doing. What did Jesus just say? I can't do anything without Him. He just defined ministry by what we cannot do. We cannot do 
any of it. Only what the Father reveals to us is for us to do because that's been anointed and set apart and it's been released for us. Are we doing it? No, we're stepping into it. He's done it. Ministry is defined by what we cannot do. And how many churches, how many times have we in this house even defined ministry by what we can do? By what is within our capacity? That's not scriptural. That's not the gospel. And that's not what Jesus taught us. Now what becomes possible when we view ministry as all that we cannot do? Because the impossible is now our ministry. That's profound. I'm in ministry, so it's a different, it, it, it weighs differently on me because this is my everyday. And now the Lord has just said, your ministry is to be defined by the impossible and nothing less. That's it, because he's going to do it, not us. For whatever this father does, that the son does likewise. For the Father loves the Son and shows Him all that He Himself is doing, and greater works than these will He show Him, so that you may marvel. And y'all just act surprised if you hear this in a sermon before too long. Okay, because this is big stuff. Greater works than these. I want us to talk about that for a second. We've talked about this a lot. I've quoted this a lot, uh, and I just I learned something new about this. Um, this is a quote from, from Bill Johnson, profound. Um, but just to kind of frame everything that we've talked about so far and, and, and all of the gifts that we've talked about, just kind of coming to this point and recognizing that we have been anointed for greater things, right? That's, that's, the, that's the nature of ministry. That's the nature of glory to glory, right? Greater things. But we cannot do greater until we have done the same. I can't do greater works than Jesus did on this earth if I can't even walk in the things that he walked in while on this earth. Right? We remove ourselves from the process of Jesus. If Jesus walked and lived a way that I am unwilling to, how am I ever expecting to see greater things come through my life when I'm not willing to live the simple life he did? I'm not talking about walking around in the desert with sandals. That's not what I'm talking about. But loving people, having compassion, not seeing lines drawn in the sand by men and and only operating in obedience to the Father because it was an overflow of his love and relationship with the Father. But we don't do that. So why would we ever expect to see greater things when we don't do the simple things that Jesus did? We cannot expect to do greater things until we do the same things. And having that mind of Christ is the main one. To see these giftings, to see the works of the Lord, to see what the Lord is doing for what they are in the heart of the Father. It is necessary. That's the whole reason behind this study, this series that we're going through, is that we would see the gifts of the Spirit as they exist within the heart of the Father. When he released them upon us, when he released the Holy Spirit because of the sacrifice of Jesus, what existed in his heart for sundown church at the day of Pentecost in Acts 2? What existed in his heart for this place? What manifestation of the Spirit existed in his heart for this place? That's what we're seeking. That's what we're pursuing. And it is necessary for us to see it as he sees it. And this is the last thing for this week. 
It feels like we're just ramping up, but I've got to stop. If I go any further, we're going to be here. I'm serious till 9, 10, 11 o'clock. There's so much here and I'm, I'm pumped. Like, please understand that I am so excited to talk about this. Um, but I've got to stop because if we go any further, then we're not just laying a foundation and I need more time for the rest of this stuff. Um, Malachi 4.2. Last, last book in the Old Testament. Uh, last chapter. In verse 2 it says, But for you who fear my name, the Son of Righteousness shall rise with healing in its wings. Healing, this is just an important foundational part uh, of understanding this gift, the, the gifts of healing. Healing is a display of righteousness. It is a fruit produced by righteousness. It is a natural overflow. Just as faith is produced through encounter, so is healing produced through righteousness. And what happens through encounter? Righteousness. So do you see how, how so much of this is just tied to you spending time with Jesus and allowing Him to reveal to you who He is and who you are in Him, and then everything else is just added unto you? It's almost like there's a scripture there. All these things will be added unto you. If you do this one thing, pursue me. And in Acts 2, 42 through 47, what did we see? We see people pursuing him and the gifts of the Spirit being made manifest. Not later, immediately. If the world is really coming to an end, do you think Jesus is going to be like, eh, I'll do it tomorrow? No. He is seeking a people after his own heart, with great faith, the desire breakthrough for a nation, desire breakthrough for their communities, desire uh, to show the love of God, the kindness of God to anyone and everyone around them, just no matter where they come from, who they are, what walk of life they're in, just, or what they've done to that person in the past, just doesn't care. I want them to experience Jesus. And when he finds a people of that faith, that believe that ministry is based around the impossible, but not the possible, not the possible, but the impossible. He will release the gifts of the Spirit to those people. We will be those people. We will be those people. We're doing what, we're, what we've been called to do to understand these things, and we will step into these things. Is my hope, is my prayer, is my belief. But healing is a fruit produced by righteousness. And this makes a lot of sense because of what righteousness is. Righteousness, what it does, it perfects and it restores. What does healing do? It perfects and it restores. So of course, it is a manifestation, an extension, a fruit of righteousness. So healing being a process, this makes sense when viewed as an extension of righteousness. And this is what you need to know for the first week. This is the I mean, when I say foundation, like this is like the first layer of concrete on the slab. That we're just, we've, we've, just, we've just made the forms, we've just started to pour it. But this is the foundation of the gifts of healing. And this will very naturally run into miracles, right? These, these things, because they overlap, 
Miracles overlap healing. Healings do not overlap miracles. Okay? The gifts of healing. Uh, it is a process. It is an extension of righteousness. And it is only found and understood correctly when we do not form theology internally and around the things that didn't happen, but instead form theology around the things that have happened. And what has happened in this book? The impossible. That's what's happened. A man not only walked in obedience, heard the voice of God, this, imagi- this invisible figure, deity, that supposedly created the universe, not only heard him, talked to him, spoke things to people that he could never know on his own, performed profound and amazing miracles, instantaneous and some in process, was hung on a cross for doing nothing wrong, died, and then rose again three days later. And then what happened when he ascended to heaven? Healing broke out. Miracles broke out. When he rose and began to walk, what also happened? Dead people just rose out of the grave and started walking around like they were just around again, hanging out. That's impossible. And Jesus said, this is the launching point of your ministry. Is my impossible thing that has just taken place. Healings, the gifts of healing have to be understood that, and, and found within that reality that they are based and found within the impossible. Okay? And also recognizing that a miracle is instantaneous. The gifts of healing is a process and it's significant. I ha- I, uh, I've had a conversation with um, one person in particular. Um, this just dealt with uh, sickness for a long time. I just asked the Lord, like, why is this still here? Why is this still here? Why, why has she not been completely and totally healed? And the Lord said, because there are people that need me that will only see me because this person has to go into that room. This sickness is the key. So it's a process. It's like, I'm taking care. Don't worry about it. I'm taking care of this person. But this process in which I'm leading them through will have other lives attached that will receive miracles and healing and process because of where I'm leading them. And we saw this with Kennedy. That was, it. That was the, the gifts of healing. It's being currently made manifest through her story. It's a process. It's not just one miracle. It's multiple. It's many it's kids that are still, still have cancer, but guess what they are? They're saved. They know Jesus. They've been baptized. They've been anointed. They love the Lord. This is, that, that is a manifestation of the gifts of healing. It was a process, not just always physical, right? And there's more that we can talk about. If you want to look at some more, you can. Paul oftentimes declared and, and that he had the gift of healing. But so many times, even for Timothy, his, like his number one, when Timothy was ill, Paul didn't heal him. Didn't do it. So there's so much more to unpack. I'm going to stop talking. Otherwise, we will start unpacking it. And then I'll have to leave you really, really hanging with some confusion. Uh, but 
that is the very, very, very starting block of the gifts of healing. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.